There's a lot of podcasts and YouTubers out there already tearing apart various forms of media. I myself have been guilty of that. It's already oversaturated with a lot of negativity. So why don't we talk about the movies and music we love instead? This is For the Love of Media. Is that the uh, the new play you're writing? You're telling me about. It is, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And the main character is uh, is a proposal writer too. He's doing oh. Exactly what I'm doing. So I feel like I'm I'm like a spy doing research. <laughs> that's you see. That's why you didn't run away screaming. You're like, no, 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 no. This is research for my play. Exactly. And then once your play is completed, you're like, okay, I'm done this job. Goodbye. And then just yeah. disappear. <laughs> but like Never, without even. And he was never seen again. Yeah. <laughs> Just gone. They're like, where'd he go? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> There's no records of him anywhere. <laughs> Did this guy ever even exist? Maybe he was never even here. Wow. He was a figment of our collective imagination. That's deep, man. <laughs> I always find that funny when there's like a figment of someone's imagination, but like everyone has the same hallucination and it's like, what's yeah. going on? Why do we all have the same hallucination? Oh God. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. I wonder if that's a thing that can happen that everyone gets the same hallucination. <laughs> I'm serious. I wonder if that's a thing. Like, it's a very, yeah. everyone has the same sustained hallucination. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like well so we all imagine this one thing like what how does that happen i don't know um this got really uh really philosophical all of a sudden uh we're not even two minutes in okay all right so how's everybody doing today i'm vishesh i'm bosco (laughs) and uh wait wait i'm waiting i'm waiting for everyone to answer how are they doing today yeah Let's give it a like. Let's give it a good hour. So for yeah. for all wait. of our listeners out there, yeah, just wait for someone to actually call in. And be like, I'm doing good. It's like great. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, Thanks for listening while we record. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. So for this episode, we are on another installment of For the Love of Media, Woo. and I do believe it is my turn today. So I do believe so too. <laughs> So we are going to discuss an album of my choosing, the first uh, music album that I have picked, and that is uh, Tom Waits' 1983 album, Swordfish Trombones. I specifically picked this album because um, I was, truth be told, I was trying for a while to think of a a good Tom Waits album to talk about because his body of work is so varied and so strange. Um, It's hard to kind of get a, a real to pick one album that gives a definitive sense of his style mm-hmm. and his voice. But um, I think this one, this one always comes to mind because um, it's really the kind of the first album where he really started to find that unique uh, eccentric voice um, <clears throat> that inspired a lot of dark cabaret musicians we know and love today. Um, he kind of moved from, because he, because Tom White sort of started out as in, kind of a, a sort of a straightforward jazz musician um, playing a lot of jazz and blues and, 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 you know, following in the footsteps of a lot of great musicians in that genre. Um, but with swordfish trombones, he, he then transitioned to 
a more experimental kind of cabaret sort of style Captain Beefheart-esque uh, <laughs> sound and tone. Uh, and I mean, I personally think he makes way more sense than Captain Beefheart. Of course, but... dude, everyone makes way more sense than Captain Beefheart. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, he just, like, I love, the reason I'm, I this album has stayed with me for so many years is because it feels less like, uh, it, it feels less like an album of, like, songs that may be tied together by a loose theme and more like just like an anthology of really weird short stories mm-hmm. like just every one of them contains its own it, every one of them just contains its own world its own soundscape and like he's also really great at coming up with he's also just really great at coming up with characters yeah. within these within these songs and he can just he can change them with like a slight modulation of his voice. I just love that about him. Like one minute he'll be, you know, this down and out drunk in a bar, you know, somewhere. And then he'll be like, you know, and then in another moment, he'll be like a grizzled old pirate. Like he's just, he's just Is he a, a pirate that likes to steal. <laughs> he likes to steal and he likes to kill. <laughs> but yeah, he just, he's there's just a consummate theatricality that i just, that mm-hmm. i just love about his work um and this is the first this is the album where he really kind of began to get a handle on that yeah um you know the fir- the very and uh ah it's just such a it's such a great mix of like weird and weird and gritty and I don't even know. How would you, how would you describe this album, Fosco? What would your, uh, <laughs> well, you definitely uh, described it well right there. This sort of dark cabaret um, carnivalesque. Uh, I, I, I was, uh, when I was writing notes on the songs, I used the words clink clanky uh, yeah. because there's definitely this kind of metallic uh, like soundscape that he uses throughout this, um, throughout the album. Right. It's like a lot of mm-hmm. like think you know like it sounds you know it sounds like he's tapping spoons onto metal walls and Mm. uh, you know or like you're inside some giant piece of machinery or something which i really like i i think yeah really cool and you were mentioning too like what album would be the most the most Tom Waitsy, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like I don't know much Tom Waits, but the little I've heard, this almost sounds like the definitive Tom Waits sound. You know, like mm-hmm. this album, this album feels like it encapsulates like everything that is Tom Waits, you know, uh, yeah. because I recognized a lot of sounds that he used later in his career. There's a lot, there's songs here that feel very early Tom Waits. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit of just everything that makes Tom Waits, Tom Waits. And then you mm-hmm. saying that this feels like where he really found his voice. I, I could believe that just listening to this album. Now, like I said, I don't know his body of work as much as you do. I've only ever, other than this album, I've only ever listened to heart attack and vine and his first album, which the name is uh, escaping me right now, but it's the one that has, uh, I think, the Ice Cream Man on it. Oh, Closing Time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and but I have heard like a variety of um, other Tom Waits. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll if you want to hear, I'll share my experience and exposure to Tom Waits. Yeah, go for it. Um, so my first my first exposure to Tom Waits was when I was in high school. 
uh, I, in my final year of high school in secondary five, we, I was in the school play and we were doing a production called gory stories, which was essentially, oh, yeah. yeah, it was a play, which was, um, like an anthology play with, uh, all based off Edward Gorey's stories, which are these macabre and dark, uh, children's tales, you know, <laughs> that inevitably always end with the child dying. And even the animation, uh, even like the artwork is, is very like black and white, but it looks, you know, kind of scribble sketched it, like it fits the Tim Burton is like, if you look at his very old, like, sketch drawings you know mm. like it, it does have that look to it um yeah. and for this anthology play that we were doing which was uh <laughs> which was all tied together by edward gory who i was playing edward gory the writer it kept cutting oh, back right. to him who was having writer's block not sure how to end his stories and stuff I mean, so he just killed them off every time uh <laughs> um all of this <laughs> wouldn't that be such a convenient solution to, to writer's block just like <laughs> oh i don't know what to do with this character oh well stab the yeah just just kill yeah, them like dead. fuck it they're dead okay yeah. there you go that's how it ends they die but just imagine like all the greatest stories out there if that's just how it ended <laughs> you know like lord of the rings we don't need three books first book they just they just die fuck it like yeah. i'm not taking them all the way to mordor they just die that's it everyone's dead they Done. they die their sauron gets through it that's it. Yeah. Fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> I, uh, or, or like Harry Potter, you know, uh, I don't know where to go with this. Voldemort uh, picks Harry Potter up, throws him out the window there. He's dead. <laughs> Baby Harry's dead. He doesn't, even, he doesn't even use the killing curse. He just picks nah. him up and throws him out. <laughs> it's, I mean, that would be very out of character for him who uses magic for everything. But this is just going like, ah, fuck it. Uh, just he's dead. There you go. Done. Don't have to worry about this story anymore. <laughs> and then Snape comes in. Lily jumps out the window. Did you get that picture I sent you? Not I long? did get that picture. That was hilarious. <laughs> when you pass by like the dead corpse of uh, this man and like the the crying babies in the crib, but you hold the dead corpse of the mom, and it's like we all know who that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not creepy at all. No, not at all. Uh, no. Oh um. Anyways. As I was saying, um, the entire play, had, the soundtrack to it was Tom Waits songs. Mm -hmm. So that was my first exposure to Tom Waits hearing these songs, uh, none of which are on this album, by the way. No. Uh, it was a lot of songs that were later in his career. Uh, the one that always stuck out to me the most was Misery's the River of the Road. Everybody row, everybody oh. row. Like oh, Blood Money. That's yeah. another album I was considering. Oh, really? Uh. I may still for the thing for another for, for the future. Yeah, yeah, because I, I if if a lot of the songs from the show I did were that boy, would I have a lot to say? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that's if you think Swordfish Trombones is dark, you ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, oh, blood great. money, no, blood well, money, and bone machine are. Uh, <laughs> of course, are bone quite, machine. Uh, wow, he's he loves fun. bones, huh? Yep. Swordfish trombones, and I mean, uh, I mean, who doesn't love a good bone? <laughs> Funny. <laughs> I had to. I had uh, to. Yeah, yeah, inevitable. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was a. So that was my first exposure to it, and 
I didn't know who Tom Waits was then, I, but the music was fascinating to me it, because it sticks with you, right? Like it's uh, yeah. it's odd and it's his voice too, just the way he sings. So it makes it a dark cabaret, but his like his grizzly like voice and he sings with the door, you know, like yeah. It, and he always he he played. It's it's when he plays characters who are going through a really like are going through a really rough time mm-hmm. or they've you know they've they've lost the person they love the most or they're they're just completely just completely just run down by (laughs) life and and they don't know how and what makes it so what makes those songs so moving is the fact that he plays characters who are not very good at expressing their emotions yeah they're really struggling to and it just it just all kind of comes out in this really like soulful and sad kind of genuine way it's not it doesn't feel even though he's playing a character it doesn't feel affected yeah you know like it feels it feels real which like in uh, johnsburg illinois for example where hmm. he kind of he's sort of hearkening back to those those early albums but he's also he's also kind of got one foot in another you know hmm. another persona this this guy who's you know missing his wife who maybe who was separated from him or yeah yeah i was gonna say that that particular song uh felt a bit of a um, an outlier for me in this album because Mm. it didn't it didn't feel like it fit the aesthetic of the rest of the album it 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 very much did feel like it it could have been on his debut album or one of those early albums Mm. and um yeah like this based on what you were saying I a lot of the songs did make me feel like I'm in some sort of dingy like jazz bar, you know, like very mm. old and run down, very s- sketchy people just hanging around, yeah. and like Tom Waits is at the piano, just like just singing, you know, because that that's the it's kind of aesthetic like, that it feels yeah. like. And then I just yeah, he's just you know just chilling at the piano, being like, and then Frank burned his house down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. <laughs> and I love how the songs because you were mentioning his storytelling quality for these songs mm-hmm. it, yeah. they really he's really good at painting a picture yeah uh, visually like you're you're it's not just someone expressing themselves you're you're getting this full painting of a location or of a person or of a situation and he's very good at doing that just describing these things and you can visualize it in your head very neatly like and i yeah. really I really like that. I, I like that uh, for music. And it's it, I, it's definitely one of his strongest qualities as a songwriter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, in, like I'm, I think Shore Leave is probably one of the best examples of that. You know, you can mm-hmm. see that you can see that old that rusty old bar on the side of like a wharf or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. with all these people, all these people coming in and out and him kind of interacting with each one of them. And, yeah. You know, all well. All while missing his wife, of course. Yeah, that there's a lot of missing uh, missing wives in this yeah. one, and I noticed too. There's a lot of um, a lot of songs deal with soldiers either leaving mm. to war, coming back from war, away like away from home at war, um, and That's kind true. of the psychological impact uh, war can have on them too. Yeah, he'll return. He'll he returns to that theme again and again. This work actually, there's a song in. <laughs> it's not on again it's not on this album it's on uh 
2011 album Bad As Me. There's a song called Hell Broke Loose. Yeah. And that's basically it's it's completely from the point of view of this soldier who has been through the most horrific Ooh. experiences in battle. It was all fucked up PTSD. Dear Lord. And uh, it it takes it really takes you into the, the mm-hmm. mind of that kind of like that that kind of experience. Right. And it's just yeah, that's a, just yeah. Just listen to it when you get the chance. It's quite, oh yeah, uh, for sure. It's quite evocative. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it'll give me an opportunity to explore more Tom Waits albums in general, which I have been wanting to do. So it's great that you suggested mm. this one because it allowed me to finally check out another Tom Waits album, which I've been wanting to do for a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So, and uh, you know, the, the great thing too is that he doesn't just focus on he doesn't just focus on the uh, the people who've been who have been directly faced with 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 war violence you know he he talks he kind of gets into the minds of people who are related to those soldiers as well Hmm. you know like soldiers things you know it's clearly like it's clearly from the point of view of someone who is has lost someone to war and is dead and now they're they're giving away their things and it's just like and it's interesting how you you mentioned earlier too how uh, he plays these characters who have difficulty uh, sort of expressing themselves. But something I could tell throughout a lot of these songs was that sense of sort of desperation and longing that the characters had, yeah. which that came through very well. Like, even if uh, I'm thinking of shore leave too, where oh, at yeah. the end he's like, shore leave, shore. <laughs> like, it's just, you could feel like just how the, it's like how strained his vocals are because of that, that just that, Oh, like that wanting, you know, to, to get, back um, yeah to, to like that desperation of what he wants back so it's yeah it, so even though these characters can't express themselves boy you can feel what's going on beneath the surface very well <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's true and you know he can yeah and he can just I, I just love how he can go from being like he can go from being really sad and heartfelt to being really mm. menacing oh you yeah know, in 16 shells from the 30 out six which is just uh <laughs> I, it's such a badass. Uh, oh, that song is great, insanity. man. I yeah. I find that's like out of listening to these songs and everything I know about Tom Waits, I felt like the quintessential kind of Tom Waits song. You know, mm-hmm. it had every element that a Tom Waits song could could have. You know, and <laughs> what I love too is just the poetry of the lyrics. Yeah. Which reading the lyrics, they don't make they don't seem to make any sense to me. Um, mm. they, they're he uses so many uh, metaphors and all this like imagery, uh, and, like this dark like crows and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like these this dark imagery, and that's kind of my favorite parts of Tom Waits is when he's describing these very these very vivid things like that, but you can't really map out like a clear picture of what the hell he's talking about. No, but you can you you still kind of feel you feel what's behind it. Yes. You know? Yeah. It's like uh well like all good poetry really. And uh yeah you 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 get all these you have all these kind of disparate images flashing through your mind but they're mm. not quite uh they're not quite forming into a cohesive uh a cohesive whole but right. um yeah, because it's very much it's more the, uh, the emotion behind it rather than mm-hmm. in, in this case, it's not about the stories telling, but rather the emotions behind the story. So using mm-hmm. those words to support that feeling that he's he's trying to evoke. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. 
Yeah. And, uh, and I, it's also just instrumentally is just a banger of a tune, man. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's got a great beat. It's a, it has me like tapping my feet and it's just like, mm. it's like, I, I like this. It has like a bouncy quality to it that I really yeah. like. He definitely used some unconventional, uh, I'm not sure exactly what he did, but I know he used some pretty unconventional instruments in his song. I'm not surprised. Which, again, he tends to do that a lot. Like in, um, in bone machine, there's a song called earth died screaming, which is all about, which is about the end of the world. It's like, one of the quintessential apocalyptic songs and apparently what he did was he he went out to the parking lot of the mm-hmm. studio and he took some sticks and just like banged them on the ground nice yeah to yeah. get the feel of like to get the feel of like you know whoever's singing the song must be singing it you know after after everything has been destroyed and mm. he's using very they're using very like you know rudimentary kind of instruments um, and I love I love when artists they do that kind of experimentation with their music, you know. Uh, when I mean when it's utilized well, and I'm talking about weird experimentation that seems like experimentation for the sake of experimentation. Like in this case, it's it makes sense, you know. Like yeah. you said, smashing the sticks to give off that sort of rudimentary feel. It, it works with what the song is about, and it, even in this case, like there's um, how he uses instruments like. I was thinking of town with no cheer. It starts off oh, yeah. with like bagpipes, which when the hell do you hear bagpipes in music like this? You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. and I, I love a good bagpipe. I got to be honest when used well, bagpipes can, can rock hard. Okay. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> but oh, yeah. it, it, it works really well here because bagpipes always signified, especially in war, there was always this feeling of, you know, they were the peacemakers, right? The bagpipe players yeah. kind of standing on the side and stuff. So starting the song off with like, that sort of, you know, bagpipe music that kind of gives you this sense of like this, like landscapes and beauty and uh, the those feelings of getting to peace. Right. But it's yeah. followed by a song that just it's just completely carnivalesque and like I, I called it like a carnival of freaks kind of song. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's uh yeah it kind of takes what he was it's kind of takes what he did with dave the butcher you know this really mm, mm, like mm, mm. sorry i got really excited because i love dave the butcher <laughs> i loved it i really it's loved it just, so oh my god it's great it's just so like it just feels so random and, and creepy but also just again it paints a picture you know yeah you can see i exa- exactly what this person looks like and acts oh like. yeah and I love how he uses uh, the bass part of the yeah. organ that he's playing as like, it sounds like the chopping that a butcher would do, you know, like, doo, yeah. doo, doo, doo. and it's funny. Cause I just, I, I, I told you, right. I recently watched uh, delicatessen. Oh yeah. And, that's right. and uh, for those who haven't seen delicatessen, it's a dystopian French movie uh, about all these tenants that live in this building and the main floor, uh, the landlord owns a butcher shop. Um, and it's a dark comedy because the butcher shop is used to serve, uh, well, human meat of the tenants who live in the building. And this song, I don't know if it, I, I don't know if it was in there, but it would fit perfectly. Like that's the exact aesthetic that it fits with. So when I was listening to this song, all I could picture was that movie and just like the butcher, just like butchering away, but like happily at the same time. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, I still have to watch that movie it oh, came out great. the year you i was born i just found out really 91 yeah. yep shoot 
Shoot. <laughs> um, and since we're on the topics, it's an instrumental and he has three instrumentals um, in this album. Yeah. And I do, I love the instrumentals here. There's the other one, uh, just another sucker on the vine, which had this sort of Parisian, you know, the like Parisian music, but it's romantic. Like somebody, yeah. like a couple is enjoying like a dinner, but within the context of this album feels very foreboding, almost kind of yeah. like twisting it on its head. Yeah. Like it's romantic, but I picture it more like, <laughs> this sounds terrible. Like the guys having a beautiful Parisian dinner with his wife, but it's the corpse of his dead wife, you know, that's sitting across the table from him. <laughs> it, it fits, okay? It fits. <laughs> oh, do you see what, do you see the wonderful images and, and thoughts that Tom Waits evokes in us? I know. I love, I love it. I love the twisted and macabre and the weird. So, and yeah. I do, I do think, the gory stories played that we use the Tom Waits music uh, had a lot to do with that too. Man, now <laughs> like I'm picturing that. Dude, now I'm picturing like if we if you'd use that piece somewhere in John. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would, uh, yeah, the Parisian one. Uh, mm-hmm. I, maybe one to fit because John was more of a a goofy comedy than a a dark comedy, right? So that's true. Yeah. Um, and then there's the other instrumental, Rainbirds, at the end, which again. Mm sounds like uh you know one of those like pretty finale type songs like it does have a sense of uh closure and finality to the album but again with the context of the album like taken out of context this could be like oh that's a really pretty like song to end things you know like you can picture somebody kind of staring at a sunset as it comes up and all that but within the context of this album it's like a sad ending to a sad story you know like Mm -hmm. it sounds hopeful but it's really not (laughs) yeah yeah it's true it can kind of be taken as uh i don't know it can it can be taken as a ray of light at the end of the darkness or it could be taken as just uh just a forlorn kind of uh yeah elegy for like within the characters yeah like within the context of this uh thing this album i can picture like imagine like one of our soldier characters um finally getting home right but as he's about to get home um the ship he just got off got bombed and everybody all his friends and stuff that were there just about to survive and it's like sinking and on fire and he's just watching as this song plays in the credits roll you know yeah (laughs) i shouldn't be laughing but that's why he came home from the war with the party in his head yeah and you know what it's funny i'm mentioning that because i was just watching dust boot last night oh yeah so and so i i I think i have that stuck in my head too at the same time Uh, yeah Uh, but this is uh yeah it it just it just runs the gamut of so many like tones Mm. and like he can go from being he can go from being really really sad and heartfelt to being really menacing to just whatever the hell Frank's wild years is. Like, oh God. Yeah. That is just, that's, that's great. It's just a man who's just snapped and he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kill my family. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it, uh, um, could, it kind of, that dog. yeah, I, 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 it reminded me, um, do you know the band suicide? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I've probably mentioned them at some point. Um, yeah, they have a song. It's like a 10 minute, 12 minute song called Frankie teardrop, which is yeah. very reminiscent, like same idea, 
Except uh, here, uh, what I love about the way Tom Waits does it, he says it very matter of factly, like, hey, let me tell you a story about this guy. <laughs> and uh, this guy decided to uh, kill his wife and um, he hates that dog. So he killed the dog, too. And uh, what a great story. Huh? While in um, Frankie Teardrop, they take the more sinister like oh, very okay. dark foreboding, like like Frankie Teardrop worked at a warehouse and he uh, couldn't take it anymore. And then he went home and he shot his wife. And every time it was like, instead of using gunshot sounds, every time he shot somebody, the, like the singer would just scream into the microphone, like, ah, ah. I'm not going to do how he does it because the screams are actually pretty fucking terrifying in yeah. the songs. But it, it's just interesting because it reminded me of that because it's very similar in a lot of ways, except Tom Waits mm-hmm. takes a more, I don't want to say comical approach, but <laughs> definitely a, that is that uh, that track is like dark comedy exemplified. Yeah, like it's just it's yeah, it's so terrible. But you can't help like you can't help just chuckling at the like the absurdity of it. Yeah, and the way he tells the story, and it's like I yeah. should not be laughing at this. <laughs> well, it's definitely it's, it's, it's that's where the humor comes from, right? His delivery yeah. of it. <laughs> Like just how nonchalant about it he is. Like he's like he's uh, reading Little Red Riding Hood to a bunch of kids at a library, you know? Like, <laughs> oh my god! And there's another. Oh, I, I keep but, thinking of tracks from other albums that, <laughs> that have similar. Uh, we we should you should we should have just done a Tom Waits retrospective yeah, period. <laughs> in uh, there's a three part album that he did in the early 2000s called Orphans uh, Orphans Ballers Brawlers and Bastards. And on the second part, uh, the second part has a song called it that is literally called Children's Story. And <laughs> oh, God, I'm, I'm tempted to. It's actually OK. This was um, I feel like I was, know where this is going, but go ahead. This is taken from uh, it's taken from a monologue from this really depressing German play called Wojciech. And yeah. uh, it's a, it's a it's a bedtime story that's told to a little kid. And uh, <laughs> I'm t- I'm tempted to just read out, just just read it out. And uh, <laughs> go ahead, man. You know what? Go okay. ahead. It's fine. All right. So he's so this is how it goes. It <laughs> says, <clears throat> I'm going to try to <clears throat> try. Okay. To read it and now it. it's story talk. time with Vishesh <clears throat> Ratne. As, uh, as Tom Waits. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> Once upon a time. There was a poor child with no father and no mother, and everything was dead, and no one was left in the whole world. Everything was dead. And the child went on search day and night, and since nobody was left on the earth, he wanted to go up into the heavens, and the moon was looking at him so friendly. And when he finally got to the moon, the moon was a piece of rotten wood. And then he went to the sun, and when he got there, the sun was a wilted sunflower and when he got to the stars there were little golden flies stuck up there like the shrike sticks about a black thorn and when he wanted to go back down to earth the earth was an overturned piss pot <laughs> and he was all alone he sat down and he cried and he is there till this day all alone Okay, there's your story. Night, night. Uh, that was wonderful. And that's how it ends. That's how it ends. Oh, dude, I love. I, you know, we could take some heavy inspiration from this for our own like twisted tales of. Oh yeah, madness. yeah, because like that's oh that's that's beautiful. And you know what? Hearing you do that, I wanna I wanna see Tom Waits like do actual children's 
reading stories like at a yeah. library can, can you just imagine it's like once upon a time there was three little pigs and the one pig he made his house out of straw and the oh. other pig made his house out of sticks <laughs> and the third pig made his house out of bricks <laughs> like uh, uh like it, someone actually i think someone actually did a parody of um of tom waits with um him telling the story of three blind mice. Oh boy! <laughs> and, uh, I'm trying to find it now. Was he singing uh, it too? Like three blind mice, doo -doo, doo, three blind mice. See how they run. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, someone said. I think it was. I forget who, but someone just said that Tom Waits is literally the only one who could uh, who could sing "Happy Birthday" and make it sound like a death threat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a, it's like jesus christ like am i about to die <laughs> oh that's oh man i could just imagine like you are my sunshine my only sunshine oh, no, no, no. i'm walking on sunshine <laughs> and don't feel good yeah <laughs> oh okay i found it i found it Bill Bailey's parody and his interpretation of how Tom Waits would perform Three Blind Mice. Amazing. Put on the cheese, little mouse, you're running for his life. You're going to hell in a mouse trap. <laughs> oh, Bill Bailey's a genius, man. I love Bill Bailey. He's so great. Like, his musical comedy is amazing. Oh, man. Uh, you know what? I just want an album now of Tom Waits just singing typically normal, happy songs. <laughs> uh, because... It would just it would just make it so like girls just want to have fun. <laughs> yeah, the girls, they just want to have fun. There's a there's a, apparently he did a cover of guess which song he did a cover of Hi Ho from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. You didn't even let me guess. What the fuck? <laughs> hey, guess which song? It was Hi Ho. Like, okay, well, so much for that. I would have never guessed Hi Ho, by the way. Yeah, just. Uh, oh my god! Just, just, just listen to it. Just go listen to it. I will. It is, it is now. It could not be more any more different from its source oh, material, dude. Now I just want Tom Waits to sing like Disney songs. Like, can you imagine like? Wish I could be part of their world. <laughs> when you wish upon <laughs> makes no difference who you are, cause we're all just gonna die. Or it's like you never had a friend, never had a friend like me. Oh no. <laughs> That the possibilities are endless with this. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> it buddy. As old as time. <laughs> Beauty and the beast. Be our guest. Be our guest. Zip buddy do does it buddy day. <laughs> Boy, what a wonderful day. Oh my god. Everybody's got a laughing place, a laughing place. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we could go on forever with this. It's too Oh bad. yeah. Um I I do want to uh, say I was going to talk about um uh, in the neighborhood 
uh, how oh, much yeah. what I how much I love that this this song feels like it's supposed to be one of those rallying like marching band patriotic songs, but it's mm-hmm. just describing this horrible, horrible place, you know, like <laughs> sort of how topical since the 4th of July was just yesterday, like the antithesis of like the mm-hmm. 4th of July, because I do picture you know, if you if you don't listen to the lyrics, it does sound kind of like, oh, USA, gotta <laughs> love the USA. Yeah. And instead, it's and it's basically describing a shithole. <laughs> it's like he's describing a shithole. Oh, no, he's not writing about my ass, Vishesh. <laughs> I like big butts and I cannot lie. You are the brothers can't deny. And oh, that's what Jesus we need. Christ. Tom Waits rapping. Oh my god. Now that's what I (laughs) knees weak, arms are heavy, mom's spaghetti. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, (laughs) No, you know what would be even better? What? A duet with him and Christian Bale as Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Just a day. Just the two of us, we could make it. For and then um, they have to form a whole barbershop quartet. It would be uh, Tom White's Christian Bale's Batman, uh, Jigsaw from the Saw movies. <laughs> lollipop, lollipop, oh, la the lollipop, lollipop. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! And then uh, Nick Nolte. <laughs> A whole new world. A new a fantastic place. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, this, it never ends. It's never not funny. <laughs> Is this the real life? Galileo, Galileo. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh, it's fucking ridiculous. How can I make a man? Out of you, Mama Mia. Here we go again. <laughs> my, my, how can I resist you? Oh, God. You are jokes. the dancing queen, <laughs> young and green, only 17. Uh, it, it, it just never, it, how can this, <laughs> Tom Waits, if you're listening, please, please. <laughs> Please. Yeah. This is all I ask for you. Uh. <laughs> Which is funny because since we're like, we were talking Disney and stuff, um, I think I know Tom Waits more as an actor than I do yeah. as a singer. And he's a, every time I see him in a movie, I always, I get giddy. I'm always like, he's a very, it's Tom Waits. <laughs> he's a very good actor, actually. Yeah. Did you see him, uh, like, his role in Seven Psychopaths was my favorite part of the whole. Oh movie. yeah, it was just brilliant. That was awesome. It was so and, funny. Uh, yeah, he was in that. He was in uh, Terry Gilliam's movie, The Imaginary of Doctor Parnassus. Yeah, and Fisher was, King. He was in Fisher King as and well. Fisher King. Yeah, and and he was in the Coen Brothers' uh, their latest movie, I think, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, he had a I story. He had a whole story dedicated to his character as a as a prospector digging for gold. <laughs> 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 There's gold in them hills. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 
it's really funny actually i haven't seen it but i'm just now i'm just picturing that like because you always yep. picture a prospector like oh there's gold oh my god go got my gold and he's just like i gotta go get this gold uh, who's touching my gold yeah yeah uh, it, it, he just has perpetual smoker's voice. Yeah, which is funny because he doesn't talk with a smoker's voice. No, he's uh, now he's just you know uh, very much like this, you know, kind of more uh, <clears throat> more grizzled. And, yeah, uh, he only does that voice really when he's trying to put up, put on a character, but he's yeah. much more kind of yeah, and it. <laughs> They you did, did I love how they used uh, one of his songs in Shrek Two, you know when they, uh, he walks into the oh yeah the Poison Apple yeah, and it's Captain poison. Hook playing uh playing it. Yeah, I love that song. That is that's uh, if I were to make a Halloween playlist, that would be one of the first songs I put on there. Yeah, it's a good one. It's it's <laughs> definitely a good one. Oh, and speaking of, you know what? One of my first exposures to a Tom Waits song was yeah uh, outside of the uh, the play. So I start playing this album and underground starts playing and I'm like, I recognize this song. Like, where have I heard this song? This song sounds so familiar. And my brain was like the images of where I may have possibly seen it start popping in my brain. Kind of like, uh, you know, when you're just like flipping through photos, trying to find the right one kind of thing. And then it fell on it. And I was like, Oh shit, this was in the movie robots. Oh yeah. Like when it goes down into the underground and you see all the robots working with the scrap metal and shit. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, holy crap. And then what a like perfect song to use because yeah. of that clink clank sounding noises I, I mentioned earlier. And just it's like, wow, like talk about perfect pairing for like a scene yeah. and a song. Yep. The very first really terrifying song that he actually made. Uh, and I even do think. He, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Even though he writes even though he writes really depressing and really scary stuff, he has brought me so much joy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because deep down, he's really a happy guy. Yeah. He's just full of love. He's a romantic at heart. (laughs) Imagine going on a date with him. Oh, God. I got you this box of chocolates. Can you, like, please open it? (laughs) Here, I'm going to serenade you. My heart thumps to the beat <laughs> of the drum. <laughs> oh. uh, Memory all alone in the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Jellicle are angelical. Ah. <laughs> uh. Tom Waits would have made that. Actually, you know what? I take that back. Nothing could have made that be better. No. But I mean, if if Tom Waits played one of the cats, which cat would he play? Oh God, uh, McCavity maybe. Ah, yeah, the the magical Mister Mistopheles. Oh, <laughs> no, Mistopheles is way too cute to like. But that's what makes it funny. <laughs> it's the contrast. Uh or no, I think he. I think he could have been. He should be Grizabella just so he could sing memories. <laughs> memories, dude. He would uh, kill it singing memories. He would actually. Uh, now I want. Oh God. Okay, so we got Tom Waits singing children's songs. Tom Waits mm-hmm. doing Disney, and now we have Tom Waits 
Cats on Broadway. Okay. <laughs> now that it, this just keeps getting better and better. Like I want to see him in like the music man, just going like shit, poopy, shit, poopy, shit, poopy. <laughs> the girl who's hard to get. <laughs> like, uh, man, there is just, <laughs> yeah. There's so much stuff that he could just, uh, he could make so much better. <laughs> oh yeah. No one, like it, it, it's, he's, it's too easy though. <laughs> like it's so easy. Just put him in uh, anything that doesn't fit the aesthetic. And <laughs> there you go. It's a million times better. Uh, <laughs> oh, a deer, a female deer, <laughs> Ray, a drop of golden sun. I feel pretty. <laughs> so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought this was going to be a very detailed analysis of the album and it's that Tom Waits oeuvre but instead uh, <laughs> hey I mean we have been do- we have been talking about the songs in detail and like going we into have, analysis yeah. it's not like we haven't no we've just been getting really distracted as we do <laughs> nothing wrong with that <laughs> Nothing wrong with having a little fun, Vishesh. Okay, are you are you against fun, <laughs> Officer Krupke? Krup you. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> uh, Alexander uh, Hamilton. My uh, name is Alexander Hamilton. Jesus. And there's a million things I haven't done. Just you wait. Just you wait. The internet is for porn. <laughs> the- okay, that, that actually. <laughs> yeah, his voice fits it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay, so let me ask you a question, Vishesh. Yeah. Uh, can you explain to me what a swordfish trombone is? <laughs> um, well... <laughs> A swordfish trombone, to the best of my recollection, is um, <laughs> honestly it's 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 just one of many mad relics of uh, it's one of many mad relics of PTSD. Really, I think mm. coming from uh, coming from this song, anyway, it's it's yeah. just it's. It's what comes from retreating into what comes from retreating into a world of pure fantasy after, you know, you've been through a reality that's just so, Mm. so harsh and violent and uh, unforgiving. And, you know, it's, it's, that song is just, I think, a very surreal kind of dreamscape mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that that makes it that that just it allows you to picture. I think what what this person's dreams would be like, mm-hmm. you know, after coming yeah. back from <clears throat> such a horrific experience. Yeah, it was definitely one of those songs I had a a harder time. Uh, wrapping my head around um the only note i wrote here was i like the imagery of a swordfish trombone <laughs> uh i i just i had difficulty with it i was but the way you're saying it i guess it makes sense if it was if it 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 was going for a more surrealistic kind of aesthetic to it then it it 
it's definitely much harder to, you know, wrap your head around something that's mm. a little more surreal than concrete. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's again that it's again, it's about the emotion of it rather than any kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> concrete which is, reality, which is fun. Cause this whole, like all the songs after this, like this sort of second half of the album is, is such mm. an interesting mix of things because then there's like down 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 which i didn't expect to suddenly do like a swing song you know yeah which it's so interesting again playing tom waits playing with that contrast of like this swing kind of uh feel to it where like i actually felt like dancing and swinging you know and it's like a real bop but and like the this the use of the word down because you know like oh i'm getting down with it right like yeah but that's not what he means at all when he's saying down here Mm -hmm. yeah it's about a liar and a cheater who went solid down to hell. Ah, so, <laughs> hey, and that's why swinging. Hey, that makes hey. it together very well. Yep. <laughs> he was a swinger, but like in the other sense of the word. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then I love how there's like, he goes like just straight up blues with Jin Soak Boy, which yeah. again, I did. I was, it, it, it felt kind of, unexpected because I didn't expect it to go very classic blues, like bow, nah, 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 like, you know, kind of <laughs> style. I mean, it, it wasn't that, but it had that, that feel of like a classic blues song, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, kind of harkening back to what he, what he started mm-hmm. in. That's why it feels really, yeah. It feels like a collection of short stories because it just veers so wildly from, yeah. from place to place and, and then, uh, from character to character. Yeah. And I love how before we get to our finale song, there's like Troubles Braid, which it, it sounds like the yeah. bass player just snorted a whole line of coke before playing the bass because that bass is all <laughs> that he's playing the hell out of that, like upright bass. It's just like I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, you, you slap that bass, man. Holy fuck. Yeah. And that is like, yeah, it's just. It's foreboding, but it's also really suspenseful. Hmm. And it's yes, like, yes. All of a sudden, we're in a thriller where you know the person, you know, the character is just running from these, uh, running from these terrible people, and uh, you know, you have to, he has to keep running, or else they're going to do even worse things to him than they already have. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I could yeah. feel that, like you could feel <clears throat> the tension rising throughout the song, especially with, um, you know, the like the. Boom, boom, like the when the drums yeah. hit occasionally like I, I it just and his, also the frantic energy of the way he was singing it like it's like he's like okay i gotta i gotta say this i gotta sing this or i gotta go da, 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 da. and just how it like kept building and building and building like it, it, yeah it, it was great I, I i sat there and i'm like why do i feel tense all of a sudden mm. <laughs> why yeah. am i stressed out like what's going on yep. uh, that's that's that said that's song mates music in a nutshell why am i stressed out what's what's going on <laughs> yeah what is what? this doing Gary? what's why 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 tom waits why uh is tom waits um a dad is he i you know i don't know actually i know he's married he's been married for a long time <laughs> but uh i'm not sure if he has kids can you imagine him as a dad Okay, I'm going to change your diaper. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Singing his kid to sleep, you know, it's like, go to sleep. Don't you weep, even though the nighttime <laughs> overtake 
walks the day it is dark in the park all the ghouls and okay. goblins come out to play but uh, does go to sleep <laughs> like oh wait actually oh no he does have he has oh three my kids. god i hope he's saying that to his kids yeah <laughs> uh it's like mom why do i have nightmares every night uh, your dad is uh unusual sweetie <laughs> just <laughs> I can just imagine the kid doing something and he's like, oh, crap or whatever. And then Tom Waits is just standing in the doorway like, what'd you do, son? <laughs> what'd you just do? <laughs> uh, I want a Bosch painting to remind you of your own mortality. <laughs> Isn't it great? Okay. There's your breakfast. Have a good day in school, son. It's, a, it's the joke that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always yeah. wanted to. I remember when I was really younger. <laughs> I was younger. I wasn't really young. I was just a little younger. Um, yeah. And I was in this kick where I was like, oh, because uh, I was a huge fan of Weird Al and just like yeah. ideas of writing songs in the style of uh, different artists. And I always thought it'd be funny just. A Tom Waits style songs, but it's it's like, oh, the bunnies jump around and the rainbows look good. <laughs> like, but he's oh. talking about all these like really happy, cute little things. Yeah. <laughs> in that in that voice of his. Oh, yeah. oh man. <laughs> yeah, that can he can serenade me to sleep any night. Oh. <laughs> Since you love Tom Waits uh so much, do you like uh l- listen? to this kind of album when you can't sleep. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. It puts me right to sleep. <laughs> There's a world going on underground. Oh yeah. Best way to fall asleep. Make you scared. Like if anything will get you scared of things under your bed, it's underground. Yeah, basically. <laughs> or, 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 you know, you're just like falling asleep and telling you, in the neighborhood. <laughs> like, oh, that fucking in a, book. <laughs> uh, in a book, and um, uh, I read a book once where one character actually does that to somebody else while they're sleeping. They put headphones in their ear and they play. They play Tom Waits' cover of "Hi Ho," and it, makes, <laughs> and it scares the shit out of them. Uh, now that's the way to wake someone up. Uh. <laughs> um, is there was there anything else you want to explore about the album? Oh, it- I was just gonna say. Oh, great! Perfect. Uh, did we want to cover? Did we? What are? Did we want to give our final thoughts? Uh, sure. Uh, I guess uh, since this is your album, I'll I'll start with some final uh, thoughts. Um, I really <laughs> love this album. Uh, I I'm yeah. really happy that you suggested it because I've been wanting to check it out. I've always I love Tom Waits's uh, story writing, how he can vividly mm. just paint this picture of all these like really dark and twisted things, and mm. obviously his vocal quality with it, it might turn a lot of people off. I, I just really enjoy because it, there there's like a strained quality to it where he's like repressing emotions, but trying to let them out at the same time. And mm. it works really well for his style of music and just the mix of like dark cabaret uh, carnival style uh, that sort of these like metallic sounding uh, tones throughout just 
add so much to the aesthetic of it. And overall, like it, it, it's just quite a, it's a great album. And uh, although it's not the most accessible album, it's definitely one that's worth checking out. Yeah, I would agree. It's, it's uh, yeah, it, it really kind of, um, it really gave me a sense of, um, of who this guy was and, and what his voice was. And it just, it really, yeah, it just opened up a whole new vista of, of imagination for me. You know, yeah. it, it just how do you how do you paint a picture and tell a story in such a short period of time? Mm-hmm. You know, whenever particularly in my uh, my short plays that I kind of wrote when I was, you know, first starting out, I mean, well, starting out, mm-hmm. I guess I'm still kind of starting out. But, <laughs> you know, when I when I would write those really short plays, I yeah. would kind of have his songs in mind uh, as, you know, ways to, you know, examples of how to how to how to get in and get out and really make an impression on people. And yeah, yeah. Uh, some of that sensibility still, it's, it still carries through. I think that, mm. that dark sense of humor that, that covers up a really sort of um, just, I don't know, a, a, a sense of cynicism that masks a certain kind of frustrated yeah. idealism, I guess. I could, I could um, definitely see the inspiration Tom Waits has had on you. Like, <laughs> Uh, and yeah like you said because you you've become a pro at the short play right like you (laughs) you're just cranking them out and that's great i'd like that's really cool to hear that you got inspiration from that from him because yeah you're right he's very good at being concise with his ideas it's Mm -hmm. uh, he has an idea and he's like okay how i'm gonna say this in like three minutes or less and boom here you go and it's like wow holy shit like you did you did (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah no it's uh it's definitely an album that I will treasure for years and years yeah. to come. Uh, and like we did last time, what would be uh, your favorite song off the album and what you think is the best song off the album? Ooh, favorite song? Uh, I would say probably is is uh, probably 16 Shells from a 30-odd 6. Yeah. It's uh, just, yeah, it, it just really gets me going every time I hear it. Um best song i would say is probably sure nice. for the way he yeah. kind of the picture that he paints and with his words and with the soundscape um it's just uh really really sublime mm-hmm. um yeah and uh, what about you favorite song, uh, best song? so my favorite song is dave the butcher <laughs> I love it i just yeah. i i love it uh it it, it was the the one song that well, I mean, a few of the songs stuck in my head, but that one really like stuck with me after I listened to the album that I went to listen to it a few more times just because of how yeah. it stuck with me. And I do think I do think part of that is because I just saw Delicatessen not long ago. So I had right. that sort of in my head already. So it, it just paint such a painted such a vivid picture for me of what was going on. And I just absolutely adored it. Plus, I just love the like doop, 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 dun, dun, dun. That like creepy circus theme. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, so great. Um, and I think his best song is Sixteen Shells from a Thirty Out Six. Mm, uh, for the reasons mm-hmm. I described before, that it just feels like the quintessential uh, Tom Waits song. You know, like yeah. uh, you can find a little bit of everything in his aesthetic in this song, and mm-hmm. that's that's why I thought it was his best. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I I'm well, I'm glad I could share this album with yeah, you. Yeah, no, uh, thank you. Yeah. Like I've been dying to listen to this and I don't know why I haven't. <laughs> I don't know. I never got around to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe this will open the door to more uh 
<laughs> this will open the door to more yeah. weird and what, wonderful wait, weightsy and goodness. <laughs> so for uh, the for listeners, what? Uh, how about suggestions? Like if they want to explore more Tom Waits, what, what should they? What, what would Ooh. you suggest? Um, I would suggest. Uh, well, if you've okay, if you've never heard Tom Waits before, um, I would suggest starting with starting with one of his earlier uh, albums, like Closing Time or The Heart of Saturday Night. Um, it'll get you into that kind of. Um, uh, it'll get you into that kind of story. The, the the way he tells stories because he does it even in, even in his earlier work, you know, he, 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 he tells stories and creates characters that are, that are very vivid, even while he's sort of doing it in a more conventional, uh, in a more conventional way. Um, but then if you want to get into the more avant-garde stuff, I think Swordfish Trombones is really the perfect bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can go, move on to albums like, uh, <clears throat> like Blood Money, like Bone Machine, like Bad As Me. Uh, Mule Variations is another great one. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of his, a lot of his stuff in the '90s, really, and early 2000s is just. Yeah. How do you um, <clears throat> how do you feel about his like '70s and '80s stuff? So like Heart Attack and Vine, <clears throat> Nighthawks at the Diner, uh, Rain Dogs. Oh yeah, yeah, I love those albums too. Particularly Rain Dogs, I think that one is just uh, that one just has a very uh, it just has a really unique sound, a very mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, you know, uh, like I think about, you know, I think I really think about derelicts when I hear that album, just yeah. like people living under the bridge. And uh, <laughs> oh, wow. I, I think it's just, yeah, that's how strong the imagery is. And uh, it's uh, it's a wonderful song, uh, album to kind of um, to just put yourself in a very, very strange headspace. And uh, yeah. I would highly recommend that, too. Awesome. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So what's uh, so I believe now, Jonathan Bosco, it is your turn. <laughs> Why? Yes, Vishesh Abiratne. It is indeed. <laughs> I didn't have realize we were being so the... formal with this. <laughs> have you thought about what you want? Oh, to, uh... oh, yeah. I already knew, like, since our last episode, what I was going to do next. Uh, I've known for a while. Um, OK, so we're going to go back to movies. This is going to ah. be a movie I've chosen. Please. And this is one of my like you already know, this is one of my favorite movies. Uh, I have the poster of it uh, hanging on the wall of my bedroom, mm. um, actually signed by one of the actors too. So, ooh. Oh, um, and it is um, a movie that has always stuck with me uh, and has always been a movie that I, I just adore and constantly revisit because of how much I love it. And that is Richard Donner's The Goonies. Ah, sweet. Uh, which uh, actually comes at almost a perfect time because I found out literally like 30 minutes before we started recording that Richard Donner just died. Like oh, today, really? the director of the, and I was already planning on choosing the Goonies like weeks ago. So I was like, wow, like what are the odds of, of that? Like I want to do the Goonies. And right before I was going to suggest the Goonies, I found out he died. I was like, holy crap. So it, it will be, I think, a nice sort of uh, in memoriam, you know, for this great director who made this fantastic movie. Yeah, he's done a lot of great stuff. Well, Superman, of course, mm-hmm. The Omen, too, which I didn't know until. very. Oh, I recently. didn't know that either. Yeah. Yeah. Lethal Weapon. He's he's done. He's yeah, he's done a lot of yeah, he, groundbreaking stuff. He's had quite uh, the career. And I mean, he, he died at like 90, 91, too. So he's had a long mm. life. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. What better way to honor 
um, this director then talking about my favorite movie of his, which is The Goonies. Yeah. Well, let's do it. I'm I'm excited to see it again. I haven't seen it since I was like a very, very young kid. Really? So, oh, okay. So yeah. this is gonna be this is gonna be like a nostalgia thing for you because yeah, because yeah. I watched it like within the last year. You know, <laughs> like yeah. I own it on Blu-ray, so of course I have watched I know. it many oh, times. I remember it. I remember very little of it except for one specific uh, exchange, which I'll tell you about it when I I'll, I'll tell okay, you. Okay. 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 Yeah. 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 Episode, but, we'll uh, save our yeah. talking for then. So uh, okay. until next time, I'm Bosco. I'm Vishesh. And this was for the love of media. Oh, uh, follow us on Patreon. We just started a new. Oh, yeah. We just just put up a Patreon. Uh, if you follow us, uh, we will be putting exclusive content on the Patreon. So first tier, you'll get some buddy episodes. Yeah. Uh, and a, lot you'll of, be- a lot of continents. We'll have a continent's worth of entertainment. Did I say continent? <laughs> you did. Oh, well, a continent's <laughs> worth of entertainment. Yes. Yeah. Uh, fuck you, Vishesh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, first year you get like buddy episodes to our For the Love of Media stuff. Uh, it could be like top tens. It could be uh, just little mini discussions. Uh, you can also suggest us ideas for two halves of one idiot uh, podcast, oh, yeah. uh, what kind of topics you'd like to hear us talk about. Uh, yeah, we'll add them to the Tupperware. Yeah, our little tiny Tupperware topics. Uh, second tier, you'll be able to unlock for fuck's sake media, which I'm really excited to oh, get started. Yes. Uh, you know what? You know what the first movie we're going to do is for that. Well, I know. <laughs> the audience doesn't. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. We've been alluding to it in every episode. No, no. Now. I, if you think that's what we're talking about right away, no way, Jose, man. We got to tease <laughs> the people a little bit, okay? We yeah. got to tease them. Um, and but, I love- wanna, but I want to do it, though. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come. Time yeah. will come. Yes. Um, you also get to unlock for the love of nostalgic media. Same mm-hmm. idea, uh, but <clears throat> instead we're taking media that we loved as kids, that we haven't seen since we were kids, revisiting them as adults and seeing mm. if they hold up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and kind of like what we're doing with the Goonies, actually, except we know well, it's up for you, for you, because yeah, yeah. But for me, it's like one that I've, yeah, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, another one that Vishesh came up with, I'll let him, um, oh, yeah, this idea. So, this is basically, um, this is an idea that I that was, um, kind of inspired by, um, if anyone follows James Rolfe, video game nerd, uh, he had a series called You Know What's Bullshit, which is basically a bunch of short videos where he comedically rants about little things that annoy, little too big things that annoy him. And I thought we could do something similar, being that uh, we are two very opinionated people. And, uh, <laughs> no kidding. That'd be fun for, it would be fun for our, our audiences to just kind of listen to us, uh, listen to us go on about little and big things that irritate us too. Yeah. So, and they can range from like really silly, trivial things to, you know, bigger political topics um and it is called this will be called jaded urchins yeah and yeah. uh we will be we will try to release those as often as we can for yeah. uh, people who select that perk and then finally in the final tier uh you'll get to unlock our biggest project that we mm. talked about quite a bit and that's the twisted tales of fantasy and the macabre working title yeah oh <laughs> Which, my god uh, it's in the highest tier because you know what, like one of those projects takes a lot of time and effort to put into because we're going to be, uh, you know, writing stories, recording voiceovers, doing like trying to get music put onto it, sound effects, the whole thing, like really trying to create that feel of a radio play. So, yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, when you get the chance, uh, pop onto our Patreon, Vichy and Bosco podcast and uh, support us uh, in whichever tier you want. And the more people that support us, the more content we'll be cranking out for each tier. Yeah. Until next time. I'm Vishesh. I'm, we already did this. I'm Bosco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bye. And this, and this was for the love of media. Bye. Wow. What a, what a way to end real Vichy and Bosco-esque. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>